seated today in the presence of the Lord. your Bibles today, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, read there in verse 26, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26, says there, verse 26, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Not this yet once more indicates the, the removal of those things which are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Amen? Amen. Amen. Last week, I talked to you about this uh, thought and told you my story. We ended where I want to pick up here today, and that is that I believe more than ever that America needs strong, spirit-filled Pentecostal churches. Amen. There is a need today for, in our culture that we are living in, for people to understand that it is not by might, nor by power, but by the spirit of the living God. Amen. A couple of years ago, I, the Holy Spirit brought this scripture to my remembrance, to my thoughts, and began to speak to me there, saying that whatever can be shaken shall be shaken. And I thought that the Holy Spirit was speaking concerning me personally, concerning our church, which uh, we have seen those things take place. But in this time, I come to realize that the shakening that God is talking about is greater than personal, it's greater than local, but it is a global shaking that is taking place. Amen. Because you see, our country, all over our country, everything that is not been made by God is being shaken. Amen. Everything. And the shaking, the Bible says that the shaking begins at the house of God. Amen. First Peter said that for the time has come when judgment must begin where? At the house of God. And God, if it is first begins at us, what shall the end be for them that believe not the gospel? So we understand today that there's the shaking, the, the removal, the judgment begins at the house of God. And we have seen this. We have seen a cleansing. We have seen an exposing of leadership that would not repent. In this, in the past few years, we have seen uh, people that have been exposed, people that that are living lifestyles like the world that are trying to leave the church and God gives us grace. How many know God gives us grace? God doesn't just come and put judgment on you and, and, and just blast you in front of people, in front of a nation. Uh, all you have to do is read the book of David and, and the Psalms and you'll find that God was so gracious to David to raise him up on the backside of the desert. He would ex- not expose him but hide him in secret places where that he could grow and mature and develop so that by his grace he could stand as a king before the people. Amen. And so it, God doesn't come and, and bring judgment to a people uh, publicly before he gives us opportunity privately to repent of the things that are wrong in our lives. 
<coughs> but we have seen even in the church, in leaderships, unwillingness to do so. And for that, we have seen an explosion of, they have been exposed for their lifestyle of sin and yet trying to lead the church. It's in my opinion, it's my opinion that there has been a movement of false church that has been built up on giftings and talents of what man can do and not what the spirit can do. And because it has been built upon what man is able to do, thank God for gifts and talents. Thank God for the giftings that God gives to men and women that we are able to to better worship him and glorify him and praise his name. There's nothing wrong with the gifts and the talents. But if they're built, the church is built primarily on the gifts and the talents and the abilities of men, then it will not be able to be sustained in these last days. There has to be because it is all flesh and no spirit. It's all flesh and no Holy Ghost. And I believe that God is raising up a church that has balance of power and structure. Amen. I believe that God is raising up a church that has balance but also has structure. It has the power of God with the structure of God. How many know you can't have both? You don't have to be crazy and act goofy and have a three ring circus for God to be God. Amen. I told you I've seen God do some good things in some not so good situations. But I also know today that God is a God of order and structure. Amen. Now, it's a strange thing and we don't have time to go there this morning. But when you talk about order and talk about God that that's that's something that it is very hard to figure out because when you look at all that God does and and he calls it order because he's all powerful it's kind of like this if you go to uh, someone's house who has one child and then you go to someone's house who has eight children (laughs) what's order in the one house does it look like the order in the other house? Right? Come on, somebody. But you see, the reality of it is, God, whenever you think about all of creation, you think about everything that's going on in creation, and yet God brings it into order. He never put man into his place until he had a place for man. He never put an animal in, in the earth until he had a place in the earth for the animal. He's always a God of order and structure. But God has started shaking, the shaking, and the shaking has began in the kingdom of God. But now he, he is shaking every kingdom that, he, that man has ever created. The shaking begins at the house of God, but now we're beginning to see in this last year or so, we're beginning to see a shaking that is taking place in every arena. Of, of the world. Look at the entertainment kingdom. That is being shaken. You really have to be wicked. For Hollywood to call you out. <coughs> huh? You have to be some kind of. Some kind of, of terrible situation. And, and some kind of person. For Hollywood to think that, that, that you might have a problem. But we are seeing that today. Amen. Because what is happening is, is we see that they're being exposed for who they are in their hearts. They're perverted. They're immoral. They're unthinkable ways of treating other people. All of that is being exposed and the kingdom of entertainment is being shaken. Right? The sport kingdom is being shaken. Grown men acting like children. Amen. They, they don't want to stand for the flag. I know they started straightening up now because people quit going to the games. And when you cut off the money source, they start acting like they got some sense, right? But grown men won't even stand for the flag that, that represents this nation. Now, now. 
help me here, but I, I, I'm not a world-renowned traveler, but I've been to some third-world countries, and I don't know another country anywhere in the universe, in the world, where that you can go play. Go play and get paid. <laughs> get paid millions of dollars to play a kid's sport. Huh? Come on, somebody. Amen. Get paid millions of dollars and then be disrespectful to the nation which gave you the privilege to go play so you could get paid. But that thing's crumbling down. Amen. The sports kingdom, it isn't just the football, but it's all of them. We're seeing that, that the, the, king, the sports kingdom is being shaken. I don't even have to talk to you about the political kingdom being shaken. The webs of lies are being exposed till you begin to now realize that you can't even, you, you can't believe any of them. <coughs> huh? I know I'm, I'm, you know, getting older, but I remember Walter Conkright. <laughs> Whenever he would sit on there and he was boring as watching mud get hard. But he'd tell you what was going on. Tell you the truth about it, right? Where that it didn't matter, it wasn't about someone's opinion. But today you don't know who to believe because everybody's opinion is mixed in somewhere with the mess. But we're seeing, uh, uh, we, I don't know, you, some I know, we got some folks older than me, but I've never seen such a fighting and an inner fighting in government like there is today. Amen. People say, well, I'm Democrat, I'm Republican. Why are you Democrat? Why are you Republican? Well, my granddaddy was, my daddy was. Let me tell you something. The Democrats of today and the Republicans of the day and the independents of the day and the Green Parties of today are not the politicians that your granddaddy told you about. All of them had good intentions. They just had different ideas about how getting something done. But we're living in a perverted world that this kingdom of politics is being exposed. And we are seeing today that the downfall of the political systems that have we have put all of our trust in. We have put all of our confidence in But God said, I'm going to shake that thing to the core until you understand that it's not about your political system that's made you a great nation. It's about the God that this nation was founded upon that has made you so great. Amen. And so we see that that God is shaking every, and I could go on and on today, but God is shaking every kingdom that has been made man-made. God is shaking us personally. God will shake everything that can be shaken in your life until all that remains is him. Amen. Much like a strong wind that blows the dead leaves off of the trees in the fall or the winter season. God will allow you to go through a winter season so the leaves will be blown off. The unnecessary distractions will be blown away so that you do not put your trust in things that are temporary. But God often pulls us out of our comfort zone so that we can go deeper in him. Sometimes we've got to go through the cold winter season so that our roots will go deeper down into the source of our strength and our faith. And other times we enjoy the spring season of an abundant rain. But no matter what season we are in, it is God that has brought us into that season and will bring us through that season. Amen. So don't miss miss the purpose of the process. God doesn't shake us to torment us. He shakes us to awake us. Amen. If you're receiving your 
affirmation, if you're receiving your love, your self-worth, if you're receiving your joy, your strength, your acceptance from any source but God, he's going to shake that thing. It doesn't matter if it's your job. It doesn't matter if it's relationships. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're, you're receiving it from any other source but God, get ready because it's going to be shaken in your life. He doesn't, he doesn't do it to cause us pain. He does it to draw us closer to himself. Amen. So make sure you don't try to build, rebuild what God has shaken in your life. Amen. How many has ever prayed, oh God, do this situation, work in this situation, work in this behalf, and then God does it, and then we try to fix it. (laughs) Oh, we got to put that back together. We got to mend this. We got to make this... God shakes it for a purpose and for a reason. It's for us to move forward. Amen. What God is shaking in your life, you've got to submit that to him. Amen. In times you submit to God's truth, you will begin to experience his freedom in your life. Though God is shaking you, he is giving you an unshakable kingdom. A kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen. We build our hopes on so many things. We build our trust on so many things. Amen. We build our trust on relationships and it's good to have relationships. We build our trust on jobs and it's real good to have a job. Amen. But they're the means to the end. They're not our source. Amen. He said, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptantly with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Everything that God has not made by his will will be shaken. But there are some things that cannot be shaken. There are some things that cannot be removed. You, you can't put your, you can put your trust, you can put your hope, your confidence in some things that cannot be shaken. The first thing that you can put your trust in is God can never be shaken. Amen. You cannot shake God. He's all knowing. He's all powerful. Amen. He knows the beginning from the end. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Psalms 45 and 6 said, Your throne, O God, is an everlasting and forever and forever. He tells us in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Amen. Of his government, his peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order or it and establish it in judgment and justice from the time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts is performing it. Amen. His throne. His kingdom is not built on anything that that is needed by man. His throne and his kingdom is built upon God. It is built upon his lordship and nothing can shake it. The economy can go belly up, but it's not going to shake the kingdom of God. We are afraid of all of these things taking place but yet we say we're a part of this kingdom if we're a part of this kingdom then even though all of these things are happening around us we have no fear amen his throne is not built upon things that are in this natural world 
It must be a great encouragement to every child of God to know that even though everything in your life can be shaken, that you can put your trust in a God that cannot be shaken. Amen. God's throne is the throne of grace. His throne is a throne of judgment. And we have to understand that it's both. It's a God, he's a God of grace, a throne of grace, but he's also sitting on the throne of judgment. Amen. And he sits there and he's a righteous judge and he judges from that place of, of, of grace and he does it into a world that is broken, a world that is dysfunctional and on his throne that cannot be shaken. He is shaking everything that is not eternal. Amen. And I tell you today that God is going to get America's attention one way or another. I said he's going to get our attention. We have sent all of these things. And some people, there's a great dispute in the church world. Is these things of, of God or not? I say to you today that these, everything God uses and he allows it so that it can not destroy us but bring us to him. God's word cannot be shaken. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my word shall never pass away. He watches over his word and hastens to perform it. <coughs> Amen. He honors his name above his word. But his word is Jesus. Amen. And so my dad taught me, he said that a man is only as good as his word. Your word is your bond. In our culture, your word doesn't mean anything. Many will tell you what you want to hear to get you to do what they want you to do. But their word means nothing. Others will straight up lie to you. Never given a second thought of any thought of fulfilling what they've told you they're going to do. It's drove us to, hey, you got to get everything in writing. Then you got to get it notarized. <laughs> huh? But there are some well-meaning people that will give you their word with full intention of fulfilling exactly what they told you to do. But situations out of their control can arise where that they are not able to fulfill what they really desire to do. Amen. A word is only as good as the person's ability to fulfill that word. And God is the only one who is unlimited. Amen. So his word, at the foundation of it all, God is able to fulfill all of his word. He watches over it and he hastens to perform it. His word will save us. Amen. I said his word will save us. That word will save us. Peter was sinking down into the water. Whenever he got a word from Jesus that said come. And that one word was enough to save him out of his destruction and out of his, his being destroyed. And that word will save us today. Amen. That word that his name is above every name. That, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of God the Father. The word that he said if you will come to me with a godly sorrow I will in no wise cast you out. Amen. He, that word that said who will ever call upon the name of the Lord? They shall be saved. That word can save us today. And I'm thankful for the word. Are you thankful today? Give him some praise right here this morning. His word will heal your body. 
What did he say? He said he sent his word and he healed them. Amen. How many know that the word is so powerful that Jesus doesn't have to come. He just sends his word. And the word will bring healing to you. Glory to God. You remember that centurion man? Amen. And he came to Jesus and said, you know, I've got a servant that's sick. But he said, I understand authority, Jesus. You don't have to go to my house. All you have to do is stop right here in the middle of the road and speak the word. And if you will speak the word only, I know everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. I'm telling you today that that word of God does not have an expiration date on it. That if you will believe the word the word will work for you if you believe the word the word will find you you may have wayward children you may have difficult situations that you can't even get your hand on but I'm telling you you can take the word of God and send that word into that situation send that word to that hospital room you can send that word to those wayward children and speak over their lives and that word will still work for us today amen his word has delivered nations amen his word delivered nations let my people go hallelujah and all of Israel was delivered from Pharaoh's bondage I believe his word will still work for our nation today Amen. His word will still work for our nation today. If we will apply the word, the word will work for us. Amen. The Lord's church cannot be shaken. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13. When Jesus came to the, uh, into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that the son of man am? I am. The son of of man am and he said and they said some say that thou art John the Baptist some Elias and some Jeremiah's or one of the prophets and he said to them but who do you say I am and Peter Simon Peter answered and said to him thou art the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus answered and said unto him blessed are you Simon Barjonas for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you Amen. It's not from the earth. It's not from intellect. It's not from your mind. But my father, which is in heaven, has given you this. And he said unto you that thou art Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Who do men say I am? One of the prophets Simon spoke up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, upon this revelation, upon this rock, the son of the living God, I will build my church. This is not built upon the abilities of men. The church is not built upon the things that we have allowed to, to, to become important to us. The kingdom of God, the church of the living God is built upon the revelation that Jesus is the son of the living God. And that, my brothers and sisters, will never change. It seems today it's popular to bash the church. People say things like, I've heard people tell me, well, I just don't like organized religion. I wonder what other area of their life that works out. How would you like to go to Walmart and your favorite steak is in the dog food section? That don't work nowhere else. 
But then we want to bring it over into the church in some kind of way, figure out that we don't like organized religion. Well, God's a God of order. Amen. And the only place people don't want organized is in the church it's too rigid and this is this and it's that but i want to tell you today that they can bash the church all you want to but jesus loved the church so much that he gave his life for the church the bible said he gave himself for it why did he give himself for it because he knew how important the church was in the earth That's what he came to do. He came to buy back humanity so that there could be a body in the earth where the the father can now have a family in the earth again. And he came and paid the awesome price so that the church could be birthed into the earth so that Father God could bless us and have relationship because one of the worst things in the world is to have love and have nobody to give it to. Amen. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? To pay the ransom price so that you and I could be bought back through the precious blood of Jesus Christ and we could come into a covenant relationship with Father God again and he could have a voice, he could have a body, he could have a people in the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, I'm telling you today that he built this upon the revelation that Jesus is the son of God. But he also said that the reason that it's so important is because the church is the gateway to heaven. That's what the scripture says. The church is the gateway to heaven. What does that mean? Anything that comes into the earth has to come through the church. Nothing will God will ever do in the earth except it comes through the church. That's the reason why it's important for God to have a church in the earth. And it's not going to be shaken. Amen. And I'm, I'm, I hope that you un- hear my heart. I hope that, 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 that you've been around here long enough that you understand the heart and the spirit of which I'm saying things because I'm not here being down in the mouth. I'm not here being, uh, saying, well, we- you know, there's only this or that. I'm here telling you that there is a spirit that is loose in the earth in America today that wants to bring down and try to destroy the very core and the very foundation of what the church is. But I'm telling you today, it's not going to happen because the Lord himself, Christ, Jesus Christ, is the cornerstone of his church and nothing is going to destroy the church of the living God. There may be some that'll shut their doors there may be some a man that'll that will not be able to succeed but you've got to know what you're built upon and when you build upon the revelation that Jesus is the son of God then his church will prevail amen you believe it give him praise right here today amen the last thing I want to tell you today is your faith should never be shaken your faith should never be shaken Jude 1 and 20 but ye beloved building up yourselves in your most holy faith how by praying in the Holy Ghost amen how do we build up our faith by praying in the Holy Spirit It's when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we're praying the perfect will of God. Amen. Now, whenever I was raised up, I don't know that it was taught, but it was certainly a suggestion that you didn't, you know, and it could have just been the suggestion that came into my mind, but you didn't pray or you didn't speak in tongues or pray in the Holy Spirit, except when there was this overwhelming heaven sent flow of anointing to come over you and and somehow it even made you think that almost that you just had an outer body experience and that you didn't have no say about it 
But let me just tell you today that if you don't have control over it, it's a spirit that needs to be cast out. Amen. Because this is what the Bible tells us about the spirit of God. It says the spirit of a prophet is subject to a prophet. And so the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, it it doesn't come and overwhelm me in such a way that I don't have no control because that would not be the will of God. Only things that are possessed do that. Amen. But when the when the Holy Spirit comes, I have full control. I have liberty. I can sit here and say nothing or I can allow Holy Spirit to flow through my life. It's me and the Spirit partnering together that pray in the Spirit. Amen? He gives the words, but I have to speak them. Amen? And so, I have to build up my my most holy faith. And so I was, you know, I'm not going to say it was taught, but it was suggested that the only time that you spoke in tongues or you prayed in the spirits whenever you just had this real Holy Ghost service and then and, and the, the power of God would overtake you and that's the only time. But, but what I want to tell you is this, is I came to learn when I got into ministry that I wanted to, to, to experience the power of God. I wanted to more than just preach the word, but I wanted to see the word of God manifest. And so uh, I come to learn as I was studying the word of God and uh, this scripture is one of the things that came and illuminated in my life that if I want to build up my most holy faith, then I've got to pray in the Holy Spirit. And so along with my study, along with my prayer, I would begin throughout the day to pray in the spirit. And I learned that whenever I would pray through the day in the spirit, that that night there would be supernatural things that would begin to happen. The word of God would come to life, that miracles would take place. The power of God would be manifested, praise God. And there was just a new level of faith for me to believe God and to preach the word of God with authority. Some people say, uh, have told me before, they said, you preach it with such authority. How can you do that? Because I believe the word. I believe it's true. I believe every part of it is able to come to pass, praise God. And so we've got to pray. And when we pray in the spirit, it builds up faith in us. Amen. The faith level in the church is at an all-time low. These are my opinions. At an all-time low. Now, I wasn't alive back then, but I have read when John B. Lake, whenever the Ebola broke out, right? Y'all, any of y'all remember that or read of it? And John B., uh, John uh, G. Lake was a great man of God. It was killing entire villages in Africa. It was destroying all kinds of people. Thousands of people were dying with Ebola. And they could not figure out because they would come to those people where that would come to John Blake's uh, uh, services. He would lay hands on them and instantly they would be healed of Ebola. And so they said, what is this? He said, it's the power of God. He said, sickness and disease has no power over me. And so the scientists, this is scientists. It isn't something conjured up, but scientists took him into a science lab They put his hand underneath a microscope and they put some Ebola in his hands. And scientists have recorded, they said whenever that 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 drop of Ebola hit his hands underneath the microscope, that instantly it died. Instantly it died. That's what we need today. We're not going to win the world. I, I love our worship team. I, I thank God for the singers. I thank God for the musicians. And, 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 and so hear what my heart and what I'm about to say. We're not going to win the world through our music. We're not going to win the world through preaching of articulate words and being able to do all of these things. Huh? We're not going to win the world through having beautiful buildings like we've got or what you may see of mega churches. 
That's not what's going to win the world. Amen. Because at the end of the day, the world can outdo us in the music. They can outtalk us. They can outdo buildings that we have. But I want to tell you one thing that they cannot manufacture, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And whenever the power of the Holy Spirit touches a man or a woman's heart and they begin to feel the goodness of God and feel the glory of the Lord. Amen. He'll use the music. He'll use the song. He'll use the vocals. He'll use the word. But it's the Holy Spirit that breaks down the stony heart and they begin to experience the goodness of his grace and his mercy and cry out, what must I do to be saved? We have to have a manifestation of real power and real authority amen folks used to talk about the goodness of God and what he had done for them and it would build the faith of others you know how you got saved you got saved on somebody else's faith yes you did you didn't know God would, could do anything. <laughs> but you heard somebody, come on, testify. Someone witness, someone tell you the word of what God done in their life, right? And then on their testimony, you begin to believe that if God did it for them, just maybe he would do it for me. Huh? And because of that result, you called upon the name of the Lord and he did exactly what he did for them. He did for you. And you come to know him as your personal Lord and Savior, right? You, you, you didn't know that he could heal anybody, but you heard somebody say that I was praying. You heard somebody tell of where they were when they were sick and afflicted and the Holy Spirit came upon their life and brought healing to their body and you begin to believe for yourself that he's no respecter of persons and if he did it for them, he can do it for me. And you believed and, and healing came to your body. Amen. <laughs> People testified of his goodness. Witnessed of his goodness, witnessed of his grace, told what God did for them so other people could believe and have faith to believe for themselves. Amen. How many know there's a world full of hopeless people? Hopeless. Just maybe if you told them how good God had been to you at work. Just maybe if you would share, witness at the Walmart, witness wherever you are at school, witness, amen, and tell people what God has done for you. Maybe it would raise up hope and faith in their hearts that they could believe God for themselves. Amen. I was telling the kids this past week, they, there was... Times in our life, whenever Renee and I, when we was evangelizing and, and uh, you know, you never knew from week to week what you was going to get. And uh, we would, and, and you know, and I know, I don't know which one of them was, maybe it was Jordan said, were well, you supposed to do that? But I told him, I said, in our prayer time, we would pray and believe God for a certain amount in the offering that week. And he would say, uh. He said, well, are you supposed to do that? I said, well, yeah, you're supposed to do that. I said, because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I, my faith was for this amount of money because that's what we needed. Have you, ever, have you ever asked God to do something and then you figured it out for him? How he's going to do it? I remember a situation one time. It was a financial need and Renee and I. And uh, we was believing God, you know, we was believing big and we was believing God for this financial need. And, and uh, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. And uh, we had a pretty large church coming up in the next week or two. And, and so I just knew that that offering was going to do it. Believe God that this is a big church. They got a lot of people and, and, uh, and praise God. This is how God's going to. Just bless us financially. 
And uh, God moved. He did some wonderful things and glory. He had a great week. And uh, I never was so disappointed in my life when they gave me that check. <laughs> I thought, dear Lord, you could get more money than this at a Sunday school offering. <laughs> I ain't even going to tell you how <laughs> it was, but it was bad. I mean, it was bad. And uh, so I was disappointed. I was still trying to hold on by faith and believing God uh, for this financial. And we had it come into a little old church. This church, this church didn't have a, a church building. They, they was meeting in a house. And uh, they had, I, if there was a stairway, it went up behind the, the pulpit. And then three quarters of the way around, there was chairs sitting around there. And, and there was just, uh, you know, a handful of people in there but God blessed us he was moving he was ministering and honest before the Lord I never even had a thought in my mind that anything would come out of this far as financially we was believing God but but whenever they gave me that check you could have blown me over with a feather I mean I don't know how you come up with that kind of money in a place like that but but God met the need from an unexpected place Amen. He met the need from an unexpected place. Now, I'm not saying big church, small church. I'm just giving you an example. Sometimes we think this is the way God's going to do it. And God says, no, I'm going to bring it from an unexpected place. An unexpected source, an unexpected person, somebody you didn't even think was going to happen or somebody you didn't never expect to bless you or be a part of your life. But unexpectedly, they come and bless you. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. It said but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder. Somebody say rewarder. Of them that diligently seek him. That's what we're doing during this time of fasting and prayer. We are seeking him. Amen. We know the progression of the New Testament in Matthew. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. Amen. So that's what we're doing in this time of fasting and prayer. We're asking and seeking. We're asking and seeking. Asking God for his perfect will to be done. And seeking to know him in a deeper level. To know him more. Fasting does not change what God is saying. Fasting causes us to be able to hear what God is saying. It creates a, 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 a still small voice. It creates that place where we hear what he is saying unto us. He tells us that when we're saved, he gives each man a measure of faith. But yet he says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if he gives us a measure of faith, but yet he says, it's, without it, it's impossible to please him. How is it that, that, that both of those can be true? I submit to you today, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Means that with the, what that deposit that he has placed on the inside of you of faith. If you are living life so safe that you never have to make a withdrawal from the deposit of faith that he has placed in your life, then you are not pleasing to him. Amen. Faith is like muscles. If you don't use them, you lose them. Amen. And so faith is built up. Faith is something that you have to exercise your faith. Amen. And a lot of, a lot of times we, we want to believe God for the miraculous. We want to believe God for a, a spiritual awakening. We want to believe God for a worldwide revival. But we won't believe God to heal a headache. Amen. You got to start somewhere. You got to begin to believe God because as you see God do things, faith begins to rise in your heart. 
You begin to believe him that if he can heal a headache, then he can heal a man's sugar. If he can heal sugar, he can heal cancer. If he can heal cancer, then he can deliver a sin sick soul. He can, faith begins to rise. The more that you exercise your faith, the stronger your faith becomes that you can believe God for the supernatural and the miraculous. But if we're not using our faith, then it's not being strong. So my question to you this morning is this, what are you doing for God that requires faith to do it? What are you presently doing in your life for God that requires faith to do this? If it doesn't take any faith for us to live, our lives, then are we pleasing him according to his word? Many times I'm asked the question, why all the miracles in other countries? And, you know, and I've heard all kinds of different reasonings for it. But I want to tell you today, they just believe the simple gospel. In our minds... (laughs) Who was it that told, was it, they told Paul, much learning has made you man? <laughs> Sometimes I'm not against education, I'm not against all the education, you can't get all the knowledge you can, but let me tell you something, you can't, you can't, whenever it's down to it, you just gotta trust, trust God. And sometimes we try to complicate the things of God instead of making them the simple thing that they are. Amen. And if we can only believe. If we can only believe. All things are possible to them that believe. All things. That means everything's now available to me. I believe that there's a colliding even now of two worlds. Spirit world and the natural world are colliding and there is shifting that is taking place. Just like an earthquake. Honduras, a 7.8 on the Richter scale. There's a colliding that's taking place in our nation, in our country, in our world. And we have to prepare ourselves as the body of Christ. Say, I'm not going to be shaken. Amen. I'm not going to be shaken. No matter what comes, no matter what takes place. I'm going to hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand Build your hope on things eternal Hold to God's unchanging hand (laughs) I know it's old, but it's right I said, I know it's old, but it's right You can't build upon the things of this world You've got to build upon something that's not going to shake when the winds begin to blow, when the storms begin to rage. You've got to stand on something that will not be shaken. Amen. Come on, let's stand together here this morning.